WNRI, Winsock. The following program is paid programming. The views expressed on the following program are those of its hosts and participants, and nowhere reflect those of the ownership, staff, or advertisers of WNRI. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Joe Luca Real Estate Show right here on WNRI 99.9 FM, 1380 on the AM dial. And of course, on WNRI.com. This show is for you, the consumer. Looking to learn more about real estate, whether it's residential or commercial, whether you are buying or selling, whether you're in Rhode Island or Massachusetts. And even if you are looking to learn more about what entices people to buy homes and develop property, commercial or residential, in certain communities, this is the place for you to learn um, and just to be informed. You know, there are a lot of things that we do uh, in our day-to-day life, and we're not aware of all of the things that make it easier or more attractive for us to do those things. If it's to buy a home in one town compared to another town, whether it's a business relocates from one area to another area or stays in a an existing area or a municipality. So there are a lot of things that, you know, kind of like the making of the sausage, there's a lot that goes into that for... Uh, these transactions to happen. And excuse me, I'm very uh, excited to, uh, we have a guest tonight who knows an awful lot about this and has uh, actually is where the rubber has met the road for many years in the great city of Woonsocket. Uh, Mayor Lisa Baldelli-Hunt. Mayor, thank you very much for coming on the Joe Luca Real Estate Show. Thank you. It's nice to be here. My pleasure. So, you know, I have, um, I live in Cumberland. I spend a lot of time and have spent a lot of time here in Woonsocket. And I've always uh, enjoyed Woonsocket and just even when you know the chips were stacked so far against the city you know the, I still saw that there was potential here and you know when you first came into City Hall I, I can remember I, I with my friend Michelle Capria we met with you in City Hall and and there was just so much work to do yes and, you know, I always marveled watching kind of from afar, you know, as a, as a uh, you know, a, not a citizen, but a consumer and someone in the real estate industry, just seeing all of the changes that you made. And I don't, I don't know, I mean, how you prioritized, you know, what you had to do, but I just know as, as a realtor, how it became easier for me to guide people to buy homes in Woonsocket because of, you know, the improved bond rating, the reduced taxes, and lots of other services. I mean, I remember one time we were talking about just sweeping the streets, things like that that weren't getting done. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm going to stop talking and ask you, so what was it like when you first came in and you said, what were some of the things that you, you know, started to do so that we 
you know, to get us to where we are today with a lot of the businesses and real estate. I mean, we've got new residential developments, plural, in the city. And I've sold in those developments. And I know, you know, how great they are as a piece of property, but then also the actual development itself. So tell us a little bit about how that happened, please. Sure. So I was first elected in 2013. And... Uh, folks may remember that that was a time when the city was under the control of the state of Rhode Island. We had a budget commission in place and there were some pretty heavy duty uh, cuts that were made uh, prior to me taking office Um, and unfortunately there was a supplemental tax bill that went out. Uh, Employees uh, were furloughed. There were contracts that were uh, renegotiated and concessions that were made, so it was it, it was difficult. The streetlights, uh, half the streetlights were not turned on. Right. Oh my gosh. I and that. yeah, it was it was a dock time in Woonsocket. Literally and figuratively. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And at that point, <laughs> I realized, you know, generally speaking, uh, mayors and town administrators, town managers. Uh, They'll come in and although they need to give their attention to everything collectively, there's generally a few things that they they decide that they're going to pay close attention to, that they want to change, that they want to improve. And they choose those two or three things that they want to work on. We didn't have that ability here in Woonsocket. We had to look at everything. Every single thing uh, needed attention. And that's what we needed to do. And so what we decided to do was we decided to take on the tasks of making those improvements mm-hmm. and doing that in such a way that uh, we just didn't accept bids from folks or contracts from right. folks. We would get them and say, okay, thank you. Here it is. Go back and shop in your pencil. Mm-hmm. So we decided to look at the city of Woonsocket like you would look at your own business or you would look at your own checkbook at home. Right. And we made certain that if we were going to spend a dollar, would we spend that if, if that was our own personal funds? Mm-hmm. So we started to tackle one thing at a time, not one thing individually at right. a time, but we looked at each, each item that needed addressing. One of the first things we did was we turned the streetlights back on. Mm-hmm. And that was a promise that I made uh, during my campaign. I also made the promise that I would restore a full day kindergarten. Mm-hmm. So, as you can yeah. see, like we are in two totally different areas mm-hmm. of of quote unquote improvements to the yeah. city. Uh, what but ha- if I could just interject, sure. those are two areas that are basic. They're very fundamental. I mean, turning the lights on does so much for a neighborhood because now. People can see their house at night. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe cheaper is now I'm going to you know, have a little bit more pride of ownership. Um, also, you know, if you turn the lights on, there's less likelihood that you're going to have crime. Correct. Um, and then, of course, you know, full day uh, daycare, I mean, kindergarten is something that that impacts working people every mm-hmm. day. That's going to just be like a total, you know, release from all the pressure and mm-hmm. stress that especially single moms experienced. Sure, sure. And yeah. families. So, so like you said, with, with the streetlights, uh, you know, some people kind of don't think that's, you know, such a great thing. Mm-hmm. But it is because, like you said, it's, it's a public safety issue. 
Um, it makes people feel more secure. Mm-hmm. It makes them feel that they want to, um, you know, be able to maybe go for a walk at night, walk right. their dog, walk yep. down the street. Quality of life. Exactly. And like you mentioned with kindergarten, uh, actually, we implemented full day kindergarten. Before I left the legislature, I had secured and I went to my co um, reps and senators and said, this is what I'd like to request mm-hmm. from leadership. And I would like them to give us a half a million dollars of seed money. So we need that money to implement full day kindergarten. And they agreed. Mm -hmm. And we and leadership was uh, kind enough to include that in the budget. So when I became mayor, uh, we worked with um, in particular, worked with uh, Donna Codia, who Mm -hmm. is the principal of Leo Savoy School. And so we're going to bring back full day kindergarten and we're going to make this happen and we're going to get this done. And we did that, and we did that before the state of Rhode Island mandated full-day kindergarten, which Governor Raimondo mandated Mm full-day kindergarten. And we did that before that mandate. And like you mentioned, there were families who were saying, you know, as as much as I love my my kids, right? Right. I can't wait till they're in first grade because now I can go to work. Mm -hmm. And I only need daycare for a short period of time after work. Or there's a program at school after Mm -hmm. uh, hours where where they can go. Uh, And that was the difference between some people receiving social service benefits and not needing to because they could get up, bring their child to school, and go to work. So... You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of off base maybe a little bit, but... No, but, that, but that's exactly right, because those are the things... So now, you know, so, someone's contributing to, you know, getting a regular job, full-time job going to work, and they're a contributing member to society. Mm-hmm. They have more, you know, dignity, and now they're more likely to, you know, be able to strive for the American dream or, or whatever it is. Correct. So, no, yeah. You're absolutely right. It's healthy uh, for children to see their parents getting up in the morning and Mm -hmm. going to work or if they're, you know, very secure and they don't need to go to work, whether they're volunteering or, you know, they're doing things within their community. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those were those were two things that we looked at right away and addressing blight Mm -hmm. and density. And we had hundreds of houses that were vacant. Mm -hmm. They were graffitied. They were boarded up. Uh, People were There were squatters in them, which is, again, another public safety Mm -hmm. issue. And we started uh, a program called the Dirty 30. And we put the list together and we started and said, okay, let's pull 30 of these properties that we think we can either demolish Mm -hmm. or have renovated so they can become homes for for people. And we've done that over the years. And, of course, then the real estate market changed and Mm -hmm. there was interest in real estate. So we have very few properties left on that list we keep right. working toward it some mm-hmm. are, are complicated because they're you know there's legal action attached to it mm-hmm. or there's disputes within right. ownership and mm-hmm. things like that but i think we've we've uh, demolished approximately 40 properties yep some of those properties we've actually then sold the vacant lots to abutters mm-hmm. and especially in those densely populated areas it allows the homeowner to purchase the lot from the city mm-hmm. and then now they're providing parking for their tenants yep. or you know a place for the the, the children to run or mm-hmm. a basketball hoop or a swing set or or picnic table so mm-hmm. they can grill so 
again, it goes back to public safety as well, because when you have a very, very densely populated neighborhood, it's not as easy to see what's happening behind properties or right. to the sides of properties or within properties. So we were, we've been diligent on that. I do, I do feel that in uh, the next election cycle, uh, there are some properties that I think would be uh, – wise for us to give some attention to mm -hmm. and to make some changes in some certain neighborhoods yeah and because why that's important too is because you know if you if i own a property or the property's been in my family for a long time and there's a house across the street next door or down the street that's a blighted property um or an abandoned property or it, it's that detracts value from my house and subconsciously or even consciously I'm like why should I do anything to improve my house because of that piece of junk across the street right you know and when if that property is just raised and it's removed and now it's just an empty lot that's much better for my property because also as a realtor when I'm going to sell a property if there are no abandoned houses nearby it helps correct you know it's just a curb appeal mm -hmm. it increases the right. curb appeal you're right and and you mentioned that about you know, your property being near a property that's blighted. And there would be times that I would, you know, try to convince um, some others that we needed to invest in removing some property. And I, I always look at it this way. If I don't want to live on the side of it, why should somebody else have to live on the side of it? Right. And that's the way, you know, I don't want to come home mm -hmm. and look at that. You know, if my grass is cut and it's edged and I have flowers, you know, you have to stay very focused on your property. Right. You don't want to look to the left or to the right or wherever or mm -hmm. a little down the street where that blight is. And that's not fair to the people who are right. maintaining their, their homes. Mm -hmm. And you're right. It has a negative impact uh, as far as value. Yeah. So it's um, it, it makes a difference. Absolutely. All these little things make a difference and you know better yeah. uh, in the real estate market just like road paving right exactly road paving that's huge I mean I've sold houses and w you know when I would list them and I knew that this street was going to get paid that was mm -hmm. part of the sales pitch mm -hmm. to people coming in look you're going to have a new freshly paved house by the time we close right freshly paved street right <clears throat> that makes a difference it because does. there are so many streets in the state that are not you know nice and smooth right Right. You know, and a lot of the things we're talking about are with existing housing, but I've sold some new construction. I just had a closing. I sold a friend of mine a house on Louise Street who moved from Cumberland to Woonsocket, new construction. You know, these are $500,000 houses. Mm -hmm. And folks, if you know, if you haven't been paying attention, the median price of a home in the state of Rhode Island is for a single family home is 417. So, Woonsocket is selling new construction houses that's well above right median price of a home and you know the utilities are underground i mean these are like nice top-notch developments mm -hmm. right here in one socket great yes. highway access you know um and that's kind of like the fruits of all of these things that have happened for the past several years if it's you know the paving the lights the blight all mm -hmm. of these little things right you know i, I always i like to quote michelangelo's michelangelo Trifles make perfection, but perfection is no trifle. And it's like all of these little, seemingly little things that accumulate and you really end up with a synergistic result, which is right. much greater. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I liken it too, and, and I like that um, description that you give. And, I, and in my mind, 
um, because of course there are like a thousand things you think of, right? From yeah. the smallest thing to you know like painting fire hydrants. It right. was just like one of my things. I was like. <laughs> Okay, I've got people calling saying, you know, if you come by and you see my house and you see I do a nice job, but there's this awful fire hydrant in front right, of my yeah. house. Right? And, and some would say, can I paint it? And I'd be like, no, you can't paint it. Right. Um, I got strict instructions from, <laughs> from uh, Steve D'Agostino, the director of public works and the fire chief saying you can't do that <clears> because, you know, if you paint it and then, and then we, we can't open the fire hydrant oh, because it's okay. sealed yep. and there's a fire, it's dangerous. So... Actually, we've been painting our fire hydrants for about a year now, mm -hmm. and that was some of the funds. We received some federal funds and some APA funds. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, so anyway, getting back to how I was looking at it, I look at it like the thousand-piece puzzle. Right. And there are the real, you know, the big things. It's yeah. still a piece of the puzzle. Yes. And then the small things that are a piece of the puzzle. But then as you begin to put the pieces together mm -hmm. of the accomplishments, you start to see the picture right. and it starts to evolve. Yeah. And the difference is is there and it becomes more vivid yep. and, and you can see much better. So yeah, the the road paving that you speak of, just something cute. Everybody wants their road paved. Yes, right? of course. Yeah. And and I pay attention to roads. I pay attention to things now that I never really paid attention to before. Mm -hmm. And like potholes, mm -hmm. right? I was just accustomed <clears throat> to driving through the city and you just kind of go around the right. potholes. And uh, now, because we have this pothole, uh, you can report a pothole on the link that we have. We created a link on mm -hmm. our website. And I'll go into other communities and I'm like, oh my gosh, they have potholes. You know, if I see a pothole <laughs> right. in socket for two days, I'm like, yeah. did you guys miss this pothole? Okay, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm calling. People yeah. are on there. I'll, I'll see names, repeated names. Yeah. They live in another part of the city, but they saw it on, you know, in the north end, but they yeah. live in East Woonsocket. And we're happy that they're doing that yeah. because we're filling those and potholes. It, well, the thing is, that's pride. It is. That's like civic pride that, mm -hmm. you know, is so important for municipalities <laughs> to have. And when you don't have that, and I, I could name municipalities in this state, we have 39 of them, that, that don't have that. And it's sad, but it all starts at the top. You know, it, it all starts at the top and you have to have someone. And, you know, I'm very fortunate. We have a great mayor in Cumberland who's doing a lot of things. And one of the things that he's good about, too, is in, you know, utilizing technology. He's really utilizing the social media thing. And you've done a good job, like, making the city as tech um, I don't want to say tech savvy, but as as tech um, friendly as possible, because so people can report the potholes, mm -hmm. you know, on a website. Those things also make it um, attractive and helpful, because now it, you're even getting the quote unquote younger generation involved, right? right. You know, and who. That's how they communicate. Right. Mayor Mutter is, uh, I, like, I like him. He's a very nice man. Yep. Um, he's doing a really good job. Yeah. There are, all 39 cities and towns uh, are, you know, working to improve their communities. Mm -hmm. We all work very well together. Yep. And that's, you know, something new. Uh, I remember years ago, it was basically, you know, one community was, you know, bucking for funds mm -hmm. and, you know, the other community wasn't getting and they were kind of like you kind of like fight for the funds right, right. For, for your city and town but we all sort of work together now and we mm -hmm. understand you know we all need something different and we all s support the op the other person that's asking because we know if they're asking they need it for their community mm -hmm. and uh it's been working well so yeah. and and dan mckee being 
a mayor himself understands, understands right. you, know, you know, the state is only as <clears throat> strong as its weakest community. Mm-hmm. So you always want to make certain that you're helping the ones that maybe had a little bit of a rough, a rough run. Yeah. So, but... Getting back, getting back to the road paving, uh, as soon as you pave the road, usually people from abutting streets will say, well, is my road getting paved? <laughs> right. And, you know, we would like to be out there paving all 600 of yeah. them, uh, which is what we have approximately in one socket. Uh, but obviously we can't do that because we do not borrow money. Mm-hmm. And I was talking this morning on another radio program, and I was thinking that, thinking back, and... There was a bond that was taken out years ago mm-hmm. for road paving. Yep. It was $12 million. So they borrowed $12 million to pave roads in the city. I don't know which roads. Mm-hmm. And that $12 million bond, we had to pay back, obviously, right. the $12 million, But we also had to pay back over $7 million in interest. Yep. So we just spent $7 million of taxpayer money mm-hmm. on a bond and didn't get one road paved out right. of that $7 million. Yep. So I have not, my administration, unless there is something that comes up, borrowing general obligation funds is something we have never done mm-hmm. in nine years. We have paid off tens of millions of dollars of debt that was there when I came into office. But all the improvements that we've made within the city, we've paid for with tax revenue that we've collected Mm -hmm. or with grant money uh, combined with tax revenue. So our fleet, uh, our public safety fleet, our fire, our police, our public works, all of that fleet was depleted. Mm -hmm. And everybody needed new equipment. So where, where do you start? That's yeah. millions upon millions oh, of dollars. Yeah. So I decided, you know, I don't want somebody else one day to come in to the same situation that we're in. Right. So we started this cyclical buying where we track everything we buy. Mm-hmm. And we buy basically on a yearly basis. Yep. So when you come back around in that circle and you get to that vehicle that needs to be replaced, you're ready to replace it. Mm-hmm. So we don't have this huge um, lack of funds yeah. and influx of need. Mm-hmm. So that's what we've done with police, fire, and public works. And again, have not borrowed $1 to do that. And, that, and that's huge because, correct me if I'm wrong, but if my memory serves me, when... You came into office, 70 cents out of every tax dollar went to pensions. Is that accurate? I would have to look back um, because I do know that if I ever make a mistake when I say something, it is definitely called out by certain people. If my memory serves me, it was 70 cents out of every tax dollar went to pensions. And then, so that means you had 30 cents to run the city and of that 30 cents, a good portion goes to the schools, I think would be, which is probably number one. And so, you know, again, it's just clawing back little by little to mm-hmm. get to be solvent. Right. And, you know, it, it takes a lot of discipline. And I um, have been saying and I continue to say I give you a lot of credit because when you do stuff like this, people who, you know, who aren't on the receiving end when they want it aren't happy. Right. But 
you know, leadership isn't about making everybody happy. Leadership is about making tough decisions. Right, right. You, you know? You're never going to make everyone happy. Right. I know that. Um, the more you do, the more you create people who are happy with what you're doing, and then you also create the pocket of people who are not pleased with the decision that you make. And are vocal. And are vocal. Those are usually the vocal ones. Yeah. Uh, but the reality is, whatever we choose to do, uh, we make certain that it is being, the dollars are being spent wisely, mm-hmm. number one. And number two, it truly is in the best interest of the community. The decisions you make may not benefit every person because, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you pay your taxes, which right. helps to educate <clears throat> our children, but you may not have children. Right. But you still have to, you still have, need to do that, right? Mm-hmm. We may put playground equipment in at parks. You may not use playground equipment at right. parks. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we're still making certain that if you need a rescue, that rescue is at your door. Mm-hmm. Your streetlights are turned on. Your tax rate is reduced. We offer... Uh, and, and I always, I'm amazed at every year, I still find people who do not know that we offer a homestead exemption. Mm-hmm. And I try to... Shame on their realtor. Yes, and I didn't want to say that. <laughs> yes. But I, that's my first question. I'll say yeah. to them, did your realtor tell you that we offer a 25% homestead exemption if you live in a single family home in one socket? And they're like, No. And I think to myself, you know, if I were a realtor, that would be a selling point for Absol- me. It is, absolutely. It, 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 <laughs> and we even, you know, when I have my closings, even my closing company, Beacon Title and Escrow, Anthony Betancourt and Rich Nicholson, they bring that up and they say, listen, Woonsocket has a 25% homestead exemption. Make sure you go down to City Hall and apply for it. Mm-hmm. Because that's all you have to do. It's easy. Correct. Yeah, it's very easy. You know? And, and if you own a two-family home, and it's owner-occupied, you get a 10% reduction. And if you live in a three-family home, you get a 5% reduction. Mm -hmm. So it is an incentive, especially in the two- and three-family. It's nice. The two-family is nice, especially if you're starting out. It gives you another income, Mm -hmm. and it gives you that 10% reduction. Uh, Three-family houses, you know, we want to encourage people to live in three-family houses. Mm -hmm. So, again... Um, 5%, it's not a lot, right. but it's 5% and it's something. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus they're collecting a couple of rents as well. So those are some things that I think uh, are important. We also, we have a lot of selling points like that. Uh, we have city water, mm-hmm. we have city sewer. And I don't think you've ever seen, at least in the nine years I've been in office, we have never had a water ban. Right. We have a tremendous supply of water. Uh, and that's huge. I remember, this is, man, a long time ago, when water, everybody was saying, oh, water's going to be the new com- hot commodity in, in, you know, in the future. I think this may have back, actually been in the 90s. And the city of Woonsocket has water. You know, that's huge. But extremely. And, you know, that's thanks to our forefathers. Yeah. Because we have three reservoirs. Right. And one of which is in Lincoln, right? Uh, in North Smithfield as oh, North well. North Smithfield, yeah. yes. Yeah. So, uh, so three reservoirs. We're water rich, mm-hmm. and we're not saying odd even days. Right. We're not saying you can't fill fill your pool. Mm-hmm. We're not saying any of that. Yeah. Uh, and again, our water uh, water treatment plant. 
we had we we were on Manville Road where you see those big tanks, and for years and years it was you know the city of Woonsocket needs to build a water plant, and it wasn't happening. So fast forward to now, we have a new water treatment plant, mm-hmm. state of the art, the best in the state, high quality drinking water, mm-hmm. and Director D'Agostino. Uh, was was the lead on that. Yeah. I mean, he spent days, nights, weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this was a project that when they knew we needed a plant was about $35 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, it never got done. Yeah. So this was a huge undertaking. So when you say, okay, you paint your fire hydrants, you turn on your streetlights, but then we're talking about major, major yeah, investments. Millions and millions, millions of tens of millions. And, and people it was, aren't even aware that. Right. Yeah. You just turn on your water and yeah. you're expecting you're going to have that water to mm-hmm. boil your pasta, flush the <coughs> toilet, do your dishes, yeah. whatever it is. And so this was a huge project that he had to take on. Mm-hmm. And I believe the, the bid came in at like $63 million. By the time he was done pecking away at that and saying, oh, no, 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 you know, you're mm-hmm. not charging us. Like, I'm in the construction business. Right. I understand what it should cost to, you know, pave this or dig that or, you know, lay this mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, I think he got it down to just a little over $56 million. Wow. yeah. So that's what, you know, that's a testament to the type of staff that mm-hmm. uh, is working in my administration. And, you know, he monitors that, the water on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are times... We hit one billion gallons wow. with a B. Wow. And so we don't have a shortage. And I always say, where are those bottling companies? I don't understand why they don't want to build a pod right. here in Woonsocket. Mm-hmm. Because when you go buy bottled water, it's not always spring, right? right. It's filtered. Yeah. And our water <clears throat> tastes like you're drinking spring water. So... No, we need to find somebody. Yeah, I, 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 you yes. need to put that on your <laughs> yeah, list. Yeah, exactly. I will do that because you know I just want to chime in here because folks, you know, I, no one probably knows. I lived in Italy for a while, and when I lived in Italy, when first of all, you know, you water people don't always take showers and do the laundry every day. They time it because water is so expensive over there. And in Italy, they have a law that if the the people who work for the water department, they can't go on strike and shut the water off, but they can make it go down to like really, really low quantity pressure, pressure of water, which is okay. You can live with that when you're on the first floor. But if you're on the second, third, or fourth floor of a building and you go to turn on the shower in the morning and you're literally literally getting drips coming out of the shower that's very frustrating and not a good way to start your day here i mean pretty much everywhere in america but especially here in one socket you turn the water on it comes out full force it tastes good Mm -hmm. and we have a billion gallons i mean it's just yeah this is these are things that people are unaware of but it is significant and it's a big deal and you know i talk I travel a lot for real estate and you know different conferences, and I talk to my colleagues from around the country and around the world. And first of all, you know, I <clears throat> went to a conference in it's called MIPIM. It's in the south of France, and it's an international real estate conference. And essentially, every you know country or city or region and countries around the world, they'll have a display there, and they are trying to entice people to 
locate their businesses there or develop property there. So you may be like Bavaria in Germany. It may be the city of London. It may be Milan, you know, all over. Mm -hmm. And I remember I stumbled upon this one and it was the Ukraine. And even this was a few years ago. Back then it was like, you know, Putin was shooting weapons off at Ukraine. And I was like, how do you guys attract people (laughs) to develop real estate in a country that's getting bombed or the gas is getting shut off in the winter? Right. And later she's like, Joe, she's like, we don't have any choice. This is this is our business. We wow. This is what we have to do. And I walked away from there and I said, I don't ever want to hear anyone complaining in Rhode Island or Woonsocket or anyone saying our taxes are too high, our schools aren't good, or our business, right. can, you know, whatever CNBC says is bad. We don't have any excuse mm-hmm. not to do what we do. And, you know... Comparing property taxes to other parts of the country. Oh, yeah, Colorado has lower property taxes. Yeah, but what are they getting for services in those areas? And we touched upon this earlier. I mean, we have basically the full gamut of services that you get for your property taxes in Woonsocket. And, you know, trash pickup. I mean, everything is, you know, done. Mm -hmm. You know, no extra fees, none of this other stuff. So, I mean, you can talk more about that. We don't have a fire tax. You know, some communities have a fire tax. We don't have a fire tax. Uh, There was a trash fee when uh, when I was first elected. Uh, That was also one of the things that I I mentioned in 2013, that as as a property owner myself, Mm -hmm. you get this fee in the mail to have your trash picked up. It was a fee that was implemented that was supposed to sunset. Right. It didn't sunset. Mm -hmm. And... You know, you go to file your, your, your taxes at the end of the year or, in, you know, the beginning of the following year and you, you know, bring that trash fee like you bring your tax, tax information and it's like, oh, no, that's a fee. You can't claim it. Mm-hmm. You can only claim it if it's a tax, right? Oh, yeah. So it was like, okay, so now we're paying this fee. It's really a tax yep. disguised as a fee. So that was the other thing. I, and I said to the director, listen, we need to figure this out. Sending out a trash fee is not a popular thing. I don't feel it's right as a Mm -hmm. homeowner. I don't want to pay it. I get it. Some communities need to charge that for whatever reason. But I don't want to. I feel that that's like nickel and diming. Mm -hmm. You know, okay, we'll have a fire tax. Okay, we'll have a trash fee. Okay, we'll have, you know, a fee if you want to have your old refrigerator picked Mm -hmm. up or your old couch picked up. It's like, no. We do not want to do that. So, you know, we have an abundance of water. We have city sewer. There's no fire tax. Mm -hmm. There's no trash fee. If you are owner-occupied home in a one, two, or three family, you receive a homestead exemption. And also, if you buy a four-family home, now we know four families are commercial. Mm -hmm. You have to pay commercial rate, commercial insurance, everything. And again... A piece of legislation uh, was one of my last pieces of legislation Legislation when I was in the legislature and was restructuring uh, as far as the, the tax uh, breakdown. Mm-hmm. And I thought, we need to give some type of benefit to someone who actually lives in a four-family house. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have a homestead exemption attached to it, but if you own a four-family house and you live in it, in one socket, you pay the residential rate and not the commercial rate. That's huge. And that is huge. Lip, that's huge. And we, I, I won't name properties in the mm. city, but 
I can think of three, four family houses just off the top of my head Mm -hmm. where the owners live there. And if you drive by these four family houses, you say, wow, are these well maintained? The landscaping is very nice. Mm -hmm. The house is very orderly. And we want to encourage people to say, you know what, I'll give a four family a try to start. And plus I get the residential rate. Mm -hmm. So that's something else, you know, that we offer. And we we also have a leaf and brush pickup twice a year. I was going to mention that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's huge too. And then we also have our green and orange stickers. So if you have a couch, a chair, Mm -hmm. um, a refrigerator, a washer, a dryer, you know, we don't want things being thrown down embankments. We Mm -hmm. don't want people leaving things in empty lots. So you can receive, you know, X amount of stickers a month. Mm -hmm. So if there's ever anything you're looking to get rid of, you just go straight to the third floor. You go to Public Works, see Jen or Rory, mm-hmm. and you let them know. You show them your license, and they'll give you that sticker, and there's a number you call, and you put that item on the sidewalk on the designated day, yep. and they pick it up. Yeah. And, you know, folks, why this is a big deal is because in other communities, people, it's it's not simple. It's not easy like this, and they have no idea how to do it. And when... I sell a house to someone and I can say, oh, no, all you have to do is A, B, C, boom. They're like, oh, my gosh, that's so easy. You know, and what I'm experiencing now as a realtor is that now compared to 9, 10, 11 years ago, you know, people are actually like, oh, yeah, you know, I can live in one socket, you know, because you get a lot of value for your house here. I mean, the houses that are selling here for 500,000 bucks, if they're a mile or two south in Cumberland, would be 80 to 100,000 more. Right. You know, so you're getting a lot of value for your home. You still have great access to the highway. Um, And, you know, I think we've got, you know, great police and fire. And we already talked about some of the other, um, you know, the benefits as far as the streets are well maintained, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, So so I think... um you know, I, I, I want to give a little shout out to my staff. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is not me. This right. is we. Yeah. And it takes a team mm-hmm. to, to do that. And I've been very fortunate uh, to have a good team working with me. I have a small team. Um, I could use help. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we we make the most of, of things. And we're very creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be able to do everything we've done and not borrow any money and reduce the tax rate like yeah. five or six years. Yeah, that's um, again, mm-hmm. folks. You know, if you are a property owner, and if you, even if you're not a property owner, price reductions are always good, and reducing the tax rate is like a price reduction. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, so. and then and then we hope that that those funds then transfer into either improvements to your house mm-hmm. or. Maybe you go out to dinner. You spend that ex- those expendable funds at a small business. Yep. So, you know, everything, it, it all starts to work. It flows nicely. Mm-hmm. And we're always looking for ways to accomplish things where, you know, maybe we don't have enough money to do something. Mm-hmm. So maybe we need to get creative. And um, one of the most creative, I think, uh, that that's ever come forward is... I had applied for, through the work of my planning department and the mm-hmm. good teamwork there, a grant. Uh, actually, it was N. David Boulay. Okay. And he was my director of planning. <clears throat> yep. And we put in for a grant from 
the Department of Environmental Management, DEM, mm-hmm. and it was a recreational grant. And we were successful. We received $300,000 grant, and it was to build a girls' softball field mm-hmm. at Cass Park. I thought it was important to have a softball field right beside the high school. Mm -hmm. Um, It helps with participation. It helps academically. So we begin that project, and of course that falls under uh, Director D'Agostino, the public works director. And we have all the plans, and we work with the coach, Mm -hmm. because we always want to know, like, what does the coach need, right? And he calls me, and he goes, you're not going to believe this. And I thought, oh, God, this, is, this sounds like it's going to be a bad day. Right. I said, where are you? He said, I'm at Cass Park. And I thought, this is a 60-something acre park right. on the side of our high school mm-hmm. and career and technical school. And I knew the equipment was there digging. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, I may have <laughs> even said it to him, do not tell me you found bones. Oh, no. Because all right. I know is... That means three years from now, we'll still be talking about building this softball field. And he said, no, no. He said, they are digging out to put the wall behind home plate. Mm -hmm. I said, yes. He said, you cannot believe the gravel. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you sound really excited right Right. now, right? And I'm like, all right. And he goes, no, the gravel is of such good quality. That's awesome. Wow. So I, I said, notice. all right. So it starts to come together for right. me. And lo and behold, we get together. We've been trying to build this recreational complex at Cass Park. Mm-hmm. And incrementally, we've been able to make these improvements and yeah. build the softball field. And so we had our conversation and basically it came down to there's gold in them, the hills. Yeah. And Sure as heck, he has the gravel tested. It comes back of high quality. He kind of does an estimate as to what we have in gravel available. Mm -hmm. And now what we're doing, and obviously he has the lead. This is his field. This is where his expertise is. Um, We have contractors who want to buy that gravel. That's awesome. And we'll probably sell a million or two million dollars worth of gravel. And those funds will be the base for how we build the rest of the recreational complex. So we're going to build a turf football field with a a full track, uh, a location for shot put, javelin, a practice field, stands, a clubhouse. And we are going to literally take the gold in them, the hills, that gravel, and we will sell it to contractors who are waiting to buy the gravel. And the majority of that complex will be paid for with the sale of gravel, the sale of dirt, right? When it comes right down to it, it's like, because I'll say to some people, gravel, and they'll be like, gravel and it's like yeah dirt right, right. but it, it's it's better than yeah, dirt definitely and so this was a phone call that i'm expecting we're going to be halting a right. softball should, right exactly <laughs> i always say that in real estate you, you, surprises are usually not good right so the same thing is true i think in in your business so that that's a good surprise that's right. fantastic so you know and and i think and i say you know i know there's a lot of talented people out there yeah but if I didn't have someone working for me that had that knowledge and expertise, 
who knows? Maybe we would have just dug that out right. and got and rid of it. it away. Yeah. Right. And yep. now we're going to sell it and we're going to take that revenue and we're going to use it mm-hmm. to build our recreational complex. So those are the creative things that we do in order to make improvements to our city. Yeah. And again, our in-house road paving program, we talked about mm-hmm. paving roads. And uh, actually, Chris Beauchamp was on the city council then. He's, he's in the construction business as well. And Steve, and um, so, you know, the thought is, geez, it's a lot of money to pave a road. Yeah. So, fast forward, Steve says, I think I can train some of our employees. What do you think? Like, do you want to give me the thumbs up on that? Yeah. And... Lo and behold, you know, talk to Steve and he reassures me mm-hmm. that he feels he can train some of the staff at the highway department. Um, we Now we have to invest in a paver, mm-hmm. right? So these are risky things where yeah. if you fail, oh, they're going to let you know you fail. You're right. going to be on the front page of the mm-hmm. newspaper. But here we are, fast forward, and we have an in-house road paving program, the only one in the state. We have employees who are trained on how to pave roads. That's We've That's paved really, 60 yeah. roads. Yep. And... And this is why you're getting more roads paved, mm-hmm. which helps you to sell homes. Absolutely. Because everybody loves to pull up on that. I call it black gold. That's exactly right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, too, you know, when you have it in-house, the ability to do this, it costs a lot less to pave a road that's at 80% than a road that's at 70% because the numbers go up almost exponentially. Right. The longer you wait, it's not like, oh, we're just going to put it off for two years and it'll cost us the same amount of money. No, it's going to go up, you know, one and a half, two, three times more the longer you wait. So if you can be on top of that because you do it in-house and you're paying, essentially paying cash, you're not borrowing. Right. It, it, th- these are all like prudent, prudent business mm-hmm. decisions. And it's unfortunate, you know, that not enough people are aware of the benefits of this, you know, prudent business management, mm-hmm. you know, that goes on. Right. In your administration, I mean, again, leadership is so important and you've got a great team, you know, that works with you and, you know, they're talented and they're like-minded. They're trying to do things for the benefit of the city. So I just, you know, I've been... Um, I, I think everything you've been doing is fantastic for the city, and you know, I'm looking forward to you continuing on. Thank you. You know, thank I know you. you have another yes, appointment, so I, I don't do. want to hold you up. That's okay. Thanks. You know, but thank you so much for coming in to no, you know to speak to us. Thank you for having me. It's great, and, um, and um, you know, give one socket a look, take yeah. a look, take a ride. You know, there's no question we're an urban community. Right. Community, um, you're going to have your different pockets of of types of ho- of houses. But again, we're in the Golden Triangle. We're between yep. Boston, Providence, and Worcester. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we've got some good bang for the buck here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so May Lisa Baldelli Hunt, thank you so much for stopping by, thank and you. Uh, we'll see you around. Okay, good hope luck to for see your next you appointment. soon. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Bye now. Bye. Okay, guys, so thank you very much. Um, let me just turn the camera around for Facebook here. And. Um, Excuse me. So I want to do a quick shout out to our sponsors. Thank you very much to John Dolbeck and the Dolbeck team from Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation and their number, 401-321-4401. John Dolbeck and the Dolbeck team, they have a lot of products for many different types of properties and many different types of borrowers. So whether you're a veteran, whether you want an FHA loan, a USDA loan, um, a Freddie Mac loan. They can help you out. They can even help you out with a reverse mortgage. Now, if you 
are not familiar with a reverse mortgage, give me a call and I will sing to you the praises and the benefits for reverse mortgages. My number, 401-409-5030. And I will talk from a real estate perspective the value and benefits for a reverse mortgage. Um, It's not for everyone, but there are definite advantages there for many folks. Um, If you are looking for a mortgage, John Dolbeck and the Dolbeck team at Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation, 401-321-4401 is their number. Of course, our go-to movers for Joe Luca Realtor and all of our buyers and sellers, GMET Moving and Storage. You know, they do such a fantastic job at GMET's Moving and Storage. They've even moved my colleagues. They've moved my family. Um, they just do a great job. They take care of your belongings as if they were their own. Okay? They're one of the 10 best moving companies in 2022. That's how good they are. That's GMET's Moving and Storage. They do a great job taking care of all of our clients. So if you have any questions, give them a call and their phone number is 401-383-6699. Okay, so I'm going to double check that number. Bear with me here. Uh, GMET's Moving and Storage, 401-383-6399. That's 401-383-6399, GMET's Moving and Storage. Of course, we also have Vern Rainville. You know, Vern Rainville does a fantastic job because he is a public insurance adjuster. And the difference between a public insurance adjuster and a regular insurance adjuster is that a public insurance adjuster works for you, the homeowner, not the insurance company. Okay, that's what Vern Rainville does. He works for you. He's going to help you get the maximum that you can get for a claim based on your insurance policy. Okay, so if you are a homeowner, whether it's commercial or residential, give Vern a call at 484-300-8495. That's 484-300-8495. Vern Rainville does a fantastic job taking care of our client. We've had folks who had, you know, we go in to do do a pre-listing appointment. We meet with them and conversationally they mention something about a leak that they had or some other uh, potential claim. And I say, you know what? I don't know if that's a legitimate claim, but why don't you give Vern Rainville a call at 484-300-8495 and he'll let you know whether or not it is and whether he can help you get some compensation uh, from your insurance policy. That's Vern Rainville, public insurance adjuster, 484-300-8495. And of course, Beacon Title and Escrow, Beacon Title and Escrow, the go-to closing attorneys for Joe Luca Realtor and our buyers and sellers. They get our commercial deals as well as our residential transactions. Rich Nicholson is the attorney partner. Anthony Betancourt is the managing partner. They do a fantastic job because, as I mentioned with um, Mayor Lisa Baldelli Hunt, who was just here, they educate the consumer and they will point out that, hey, if you're buying a house in one socket, don't forget you have a 25% homestead exemption so make sure make sure you go to city hall and apply for it 
That's why I like Beacon Title and Escrow. I've been to closings with other attorneys when folks have uh, family members or friends that are in the business. They never point that out. You know, Beacon Title and Escrow, Anthony and Rich, they, wouldn't, they don't have to say that. There's no requirement. But they do. So if you can save 25% on your taxes, if your taxes are 4000 bucks a year, you're going to save 1000 bucks a year just because someone educated you at the closing table. That's why I like Beacon Title and Escrow. Folks, you've been listening to the Joe Luca Real Estate Show right here on WNRI 99.9 FM, 1380 AM, and of course on WNRI.com. If you don't catch the show live all the time or you miss some of it or you want to go back to a previous show, you can listen to it as a podcast on Anchor. Dot FM. Just check it out and uh, type in Joe Luca Real Estate Show. Or you can go to my website, JoeLucaRealtor.com, um, and you will have a link to it there as well. So, you know, we're, we've, uh, we're coming to the end of the show. I just want to chime in quickly. Rates are up, but home values are still increasing. Home values continue to go up. In September of 2022 compared to September of 2021. Single family home values are up. Multifamily home values are are up. And condo values are up. So if you see a house or property that comes on the market and there's a price reduction, there's a very good chance that even after that price reduction, that price is still higher than the value of the property last year. Okay, Uh, we've been in a very good situation. One thing, you know, people are getting a little bit nervous about interest rates. If you're renting, you're paying 100% interest. Um, And even if you get a mortgage and you're paying 7.5% interest, or if you don't want to do that, you can get an adjustable rate mortgage, like a 7-1 arm. Okay, John Dolbeck can talk to you about that, 401-321-4401. They'll answer the questions about adjustable rate mortgages. So you can get in at a lower rate now and then refinance in a few years. Okay. So I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Joe Luca Real Estate Show. Next up is coming comes black, excuse me. Next up is my buddy Rick Mernier with the old time preaching ministry right here on WNRI. Uh, great show, great intro. Rich has a lot of really good, valuable Christian content. Okay, so tune in and I will be back next week. Take care, everybody. Bye bye. WNRI One Socket.